All right, well, let's just uh, double check my levels. What did you eat for breakfast? <laughs> Me? Yes, you. Oh, goodness. Uh, I ate um, a tin of sardines with a tin still encasing the sardines, and the metal was very tasty. <laughs> All right, so that's the secret of your success. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You are listening to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. So we've reached episode 10 of the podcast, and I'm privileged to be able to celebrate 10 episodes with introducing my good friend, my brother from another mother, Mr. Alan Hill. Uh, As you'll hear, we have a lot of history. We go way back to high school. Um, We've spent some great epic trips together. Um, It's just one of those relationships where it doesn't matter how much time's passed where you haven't talked or haven't hung out it just feels like you're right back where you were hanging out in the band room in high school just jamming and making some awful racket so without further ado here's the episode welcome to the music on your own terms podcast thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me today um we've got a huge history um we met in high school yeah we're in a couple of bands together during and after high school um could you introduce yourself and what you do now? Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, Simon. First of all, um, thank you so much for inviting me today on this uh, podcast. Um, we've already had a couple of minutes of fun before we got started recording. Got a few bits of the bloopers reel as well, which is all good. So I um, look forward to seeing that. Um, yeah, uh, so my name's Alan Hill. And as Simon said, we've known each other for, uh, goodness knows, must be 20 plus years now. I'm not counting, but it's a, a good number of years. Obviously, as you said, we met in school there. And um, so what I do now, um, for the last probably 14, going on 14 years, um, my background is predominantly in business in the area of education and training. Um, And I'm also a property investor as well. So I've had a number of businesses, um, one that I've sold, one that I've still got going, others that just didn't work out. That's the life of an entrepreneur, I guess. Um, And um, so here I am today looking forward to spending a bit of time with you and um, hopefully, you know, we can have some fun and, and go over some valuable stuff as well. Excellent. So, yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, we've been, um, we were in a couple of bands in high school. Yeah. So it kind of ties in nicely with the music theme for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really want to get your uh, your thoughts on being an entrepreneur and yeah. mindset and other topics along the way. So, yeah. Um, so let's start um, by... Let's start by talking about how you got started in the first place. So where, where did where did you get the idea of becoming 
um, an entrepreneur and where, where did the whole uh, self-improvement yeah. mindset come from? Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Tom. That's, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, yeah just to sort of context setting, I didn't mention anything about that in my introduction, um, but I'm also a coach and a trainer in the area of personal development. And I'm a huge consumer of that as well. I love reading or coaching, you know, taking coaching as well as giving it. Um, I love uh, attending seminars and all that kind of stuff. So there's a huge, great connection there. And it's something that we also share in common as well, isn't it? So um, to answer your question, Simon, I just wanted to take a step back and just connect before we even start really down that route with music. Um, because that was really how we connected in the first place. You know, we didn't have exactly the same taste, but we had an overlapping taste. We had a mutual respect for each other's different flavor of music. Would you say that to be true? Except when I turned on my distortion pedal and everyone took the piss. <laughs> well, There's a song about that. Yeah, there is, isn't there? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, at the age of 15, our level of respect might have needed some work. But uh, yeah, right now, I think we've got very healthy respect and um you know, for each other's music taste and background and experience as well as, as, as life experience and business and so on. So, yeah, in terms of uh, being an entrepreneur, I want to just connect that with the music world because if you remember back when we started our band, Simon, you know, a lot of the things that people need to even get off the ground and even get practicing and finding people and writing music, there's a lot of parallels. And um, so for those of people that are listening who are in music, you know, either in a band or want to be in one, um, what we talk about today will be so valuable for those listeners because from the way that I see it, if you're in a band or looking to start one, you're essentially an entrepreneur in terms of your mindset already. And so some of the things that we talk about here today, that they overlap wonderfully. Um, so, you know, if you take, for example, having to find, you know, the resources to be able to get a practice space I mean, if you went back to when we were at school, we made do with whatever we could. And we, we were all about what I call now sloppy success, for want of a better word. Um, and for, for those that haven't heard that before, we just talk about getting stuff done um, rather than going for perfection. And a lot of musicians will hold themselves back and not want to be seen until everything's just right. And so for me, um, I think it's really important to understand that connection between entrepreneurship and, uh, and being in music, being in a band, finding the resources, the creativity, leading a team, because a group of musicians can be very challenging. It would be like herding cats, would you say? Be <laughs> yeah. Challenging at times, if, if anything, right? Oh, yeah. So so just to answer your question directly now, um, with that, given that context, um, so you said, you know, what was it that led, would you say, what was it that led me to start or how did I get started? Yeah, how did you get started in, in going down the self-improvement path and yeah. searching out that knowledge and yeah. how did that well, all come about? Well, thanks. So I think, you know, the two, there's kind of two questions in one there. One's about the business and one's about the personal development. So I'll just take them both one at a time. In terms of business per se, I didn't, I wasn't ever excited about the world of business and corporations and all of that. In all honesty, I just wanted to make a bit of money, a bit more money than would do would just about do me. It wasn't that I wanted to do better than somebody else or whatever. I just wanted a decent car, decent home, and things like that that I imagined would be nice for the future. But most of all, I wanted to travel. I wanted to see the world, and I knew that that would involve having some kind of resources. Although at the age of 18, I did go traveling on 800-odd US dollars for six months. 
but that's another story uh, for another time. That's sloppy success right there. It is, absolutely. I mean, I volunteer work. So that's a shortcut to that right. headline there. Is mm-hmm. where I just made it happen and found a way to get what I wanted. You know, and that is one of the, the key questions that you can ask yourself if you are looking to start a business, get into personal development, get into growing a band, is not, you know, can I do that? Can I start a band? Can I afford this thing that I want? Can I start a business? Just to add a single word to the front of that sentence changes that to a very empowering sentence. And that word is how. If you start asking, how can I start a band? How can I afford to travel around the world? How can I start a business when I only know what I know? That suddenly starts you thinking, yeah, how can I? And that is an open-ended question that allows us to start filling in the blanks with some different ways that we could do it. And we start down the creative path with a question like, can I do that or whatever, then we're kind of questioning the, is it possible, yes or no? That's a very kind of black or white kind of a thing to say. So in terms of business, I actually just wanted to make money. To be very honest with you, um, I was just wanting to not have to go through some of the pain of, that I'd been through with the financial struggles that I'd been through. You know, been bullied, for not having clothes that fit me. You might remember me at school. People used to tease me about having oh, yeah. pipe trousers, right? Remember that? Yep, I remember that very well. <laughs> so, you know, I can laugh about it now, but... Uh, you know, as anyone who here listening will remember, if you uh, can remember back at school, what was said then meant quite a lot more um, than it does now. And we can laugh it off. And you know what I'm talking about, Simon. School was challenging at times for you as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we've been, I mean, many of the listeners have probably can relate to that. And the fantastic thing is, is that one of the fan, one of the amazing things about music is it gives you that opportunity to transmute pain, suffering, challenge into mm-hmm. You know, into this art form that people around the world connect with, they relate to, and they understand. There are already automatically going to be listeners wanting to hear the message of your listeners when they put their words and their song, you know, down on tracks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, so that's the beautiful thing about music, as I said again. But in answer to your question about the personal development route, so in business, honestly, I just wanted to make money. I didn't want to suffer. I wanted to be able to do the things I wanted to do. Um, you know, I'm sure that you can relate to that and many people listening as well. It's just a simple desire, right? Simple, simple reality of, of life. That's exactly right. So and I didn't and I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know what I, and I knew, but I knew that if that makes sense. I knew that I didn't know what I didn't know. So I knew that in order to have an adventure and explore things that I didn't yet know about, but I wanted to find out about these things I didn't know about. Um, I knew that that would involve having some resources and money is the most easily usable resource translatable into experience you know things that help you get things done tools um and training so there's that um if we cut to the other questions do you want to just jump in or do you want me to jump over to no carry on this is great it is working all right for you yeah brilliant right so um yeah so for, for hopefully this is you know making sense to you guys listening at home as well um Simon's talking about personal development, and this is an area that him and I are both passionate about. Um, And in short, there's no magic about it. It's literally just self-study. Self-study with a desire to learn some stuff to make your life go more smoothly, more to achieve your goals more quickly, just really to get what you want a bit more easily, quickly, or with a little bit more fun along the way. And key to that is a little bit more fun along the way. And a lot of personal development is actually... Um, many people, when they start down that path, they don't realize they're trying to fill a hole of 
maybe some lack of happiness or they've got some happiness but they want more and so often it's about that personal satisfaction and happiness and I just loved from a young age learning about how the mind worked and understanding how to get the most of it you know from an efficiency perspective and doing the best we can do like in sports and in business and in music you're always looking to get the most out of ourselves and there's something amazing about that um, but the other part of it is also being able to overcome a challenge and to some of your listeners right now, I'm sure, you know, if you're listening here right now, I'm sure many of you have got experiences or challenges in your life that you can refer and they're probably popping up straight away now in your mind, that time when this happened or that person did that to me or whatever. We've all got those challenges to call upon. And for me, what got me started in the path of personal development really, really kick-started. I mean, I already had an interest and had had for years, but what really spurred me into action was a big challenge. And um, is it all right if I just share very briefly? I think you know where I'm going with that, Simon. I know exactly where you're going with that. That was one of my questions. Is, could you describe a challenge that you've overcome? Yeah. So perfect, please. Yeah. Right. Okay. So really in, grateful. that's the next question, I guess, is the challenge to overcome. And this will go along a very nice way, along the way to answering that question of how I got into personal development. And hopefully I'll answer this in such a way that it's of use and of interest to people that are listening. It's just not... You know about me so much as it is about the reason I've taken the time to be here with you and share this Simon is because I believe that it may be a benefit to the listeners um, and uh, and that's that's my heart's desire so absolutely that's, that's part of what my um, part of what this podcast is all about is not only helping people uh, develop an entrepreneurial mindset but also overcoming you know, negative emotions, anxiety, depression, yes. and, and just things, challenges in general. So yeah, please, please continue. Absolutely. Great. Well, that's, that's what I'm, I'm really happy to hear. And, um, so yeah, you know, I've talked about my business side and, you know, yes, I've had success in that area and I've created multi-million, several multi-million pound businesses and, you know, multi-million pound property portfolio and all of these things now, and they sound very glamorous and very exciting. And I travel around the world and, teach people and all of this you know um, it, it's a very interesting exciting life but the challenge that many people don't realize that kind of spurred me into this and really kind of helped me to get where I am today and in a sense is part of the reason why I'm doing all these things that I'm doing is that I had a very big challenge 14 years ago 2004 so I not long returned back to my family home after university. I was teaching English, you know, very little responsibility, living with my parents, paying very little in the way of rent and support to them. And so I had very little responsibility, I was earning money, and life was pretty good. Um, but one day what happened is there was a, a big tragedy, a real setback for my family. Um, there was a fire in our family home. And uh, essentially, the house was destroyed completely. I mean, it, it burned down to the ground. There was, there was nothing left, um, not even a shed. It was completely destroyed by fire. All of our personal belongings, um, photographs. You know, I talked about traveling around the world earlier when I was 18. I, all I, you know, I didn't have any money, so all I had was photographs. And all of those, those things that helped me forge my identity as a young man, you know, things like my souvenirs from those times. And, you know, all of those things that were meaningful were gone. You know, family heirlooms, photographs, my clothes, my posters, my everything that my family you know, stood for, everything that meant something to me. And I thought almost that was my identity, it was my stuff. Right. You know, it turned out to be a very valuable lesson. That was not the case, but that wasn't the worst of it. Uh, the worst of it was that while 
you know, we lost all of our stuff and the house burned down to the ground. Um, my mum, who was the cornerstone of our family, us kids, there were four of us, brothers and sisters, my dad, she didn't make it out. And it was it was a tough time. You know, we were homeless, living on the floors of friends' houses. Um, we did get looked after by the government, local government, put us up in the hotel for a couple of months. And that sounds nice to be in a hotel, but it's not when you just lost everything. And, you know, um, I, I just remember one little piece, for example, I started to develop a dislike of English cooked breakfast for a while because that's all I had. It was the one guarantee I knew I was going to get. Like started, kind of started to associate it with that time of suffering and, you know, and then three months after as we were leading into kind of November, December, so around about this time, um, and uh, I actually got told I was being made redundant as well. So I lost mm. my job. Well, I was told that in January, come January, I wouldn't have a job after Christmas. So it was really, you know, almost like you couldn't light it. If it was a story, it would just sound like, right. you know, too, too unreal. Um, so, you know, it took a while to kind of start to put buildings blocks back together again, you know, um, uh, I had to, I remember having to forage through black bin bags of clothes donated by the church to get something to wear, you know, things like that, you know, so it took us a while to get our family back on our feet, you know, a couple of years really, it felt like, and the rehousing and getting a job again and, you know, all of that. And, um, in those couple of years, I did some thinking and I realized that I couldn't choose the cards that life had given to me, that life had dealt me. But I realized that I could choose how to play those cards, how to play that hand that I was holding. And so I realized that I did still have, I couldn't choose these events that had happened to me, but I did still have some control of how I reacted to it. And so this was probably as I was reading some books, one book in particular that struck me called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by a guy called Dr. Stephen Covey. And it can, for some people, seem as a heavy read, but you just skim through it once and as quickly as you can just to get the gist of it and then you can always study it again later and do the work that's needed. I really loved that book and it taught me a lot about being proactive and not reactive. That was a key lesson. The first lesson for me in personal development came from Stephen Covey, realizing that I could be proactive and not reactive and decide to take the bull by the horns and start living my life on my terms. And it was then that I started my businesses. I began learning to invest in property. I, you know, I really started down the route of personal growth and development. And I, I, I actually read another book that really was foundational in my, you know, these two first books that really were foundational. Like one was The Seven Habits by Stephen Covey, and the other one was Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Um, and I've met both of these gentlemen, these writers, fantastic people. Unfortunately, Stephen Covey is no longer with us. Um, he passed away, um, Robert Kiyosaki is, and um, I'm very glad to say that I you know, meet up with him a couple of times a year, and he's a good friend of mine. Uh, I learn a lot from him regularly. And these, but the thing that affected me about Robert Kiyosaki's book was that at the back of it, on the second book, actually, not Rich Dad Porter, but the second book, The Cashflow Quadrant, was a list of a bunch of books. So he was obviously into his personal development as well, and this was recommended reading. And I just went out and... For those of you watching the video, if, you, if this is on video, you can see behind me there's a library of you know, shelves of personal development over there. And, and that's really where I got most of that from. I just started a, a library and bought every single one that was in the back of that book there. So one thing led to another, and I really started taking things seriously, listening to audio of Anthony Robbins, reading. You know, he's another, been another huge influence of mine. So that's really how I got into personal development, coupled with that share of you of that particular challenge and the long and short of it, Simon, is that the answer to how I overcame that challenge was I made 
a decision. Mm. I made a decision. I said, this has happened to me, but I don't want to be defined by that which happened to me in a negative way. And I tried to look at this event of the fire and give it some meaning. You know, my mum had died. And I just thought, I don't want this to be for nothing. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know what, how could I, again, there's that empowering question, how could I, how could I look back at that story and write a story going forward that would interpret that event in a way that would be a blessing for me and for many others around the world and if I shared this story with them. And so I, t I decided to live my life differently like a new Alan, like making decisions that the new Alan after this event would be making, but the old Alan wouldn't have been. So that's when I started my business, started investing. Actually, the first money I made in this business, I went out and became a pilot, a private pilot in the US, actually, where you are, over there in Los Angeles. I got my pilot's license and I achieved a lifelong dream to fly. I'm sure many people listening would love to fly. And, you know, I found it managed to find a way of making it affordable and fun and just went out and got my license. So for me, that was, that was something the old Alan would never have done because it wasn't a sensible way to spend money and it wasn't really contributing to in a meaningful way towards my business or my future. I didn't really think I wanted to become a career pilot. So hopefully that goes some way to answer those questions, Simon, on the challenges, the starting in personal development, and how I got started in business. Does that kind of go some Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, first off, thank you so much for sharing that story. Oh, I mean, okay. it's not only, uh, you know, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty inspirational. I think everyone can uh, agree oh, to that. Yeah, and just uh, moving on from that, taking mm. a slight tangent, you yes. know, I want to talk about, um, first of all, gratitude. I mean, that's yeah. a big thing, so thank yeah. you for sharing that. But mm. also, um, thank you for sharing the personal development, uh, you yeah. know, opening my eyes to that, because I have my own story of, mm. um, you know, getting over a certain hurdle. I mean, yeah. I, I've never... Un you know, fortunately, I've never experienced the, the, the amount of loss mm. in the same way you have. But um, one thing I have gone through is some really uh, dark, you know, times of mental illness, being mm. very depressed. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, again, something I want to help people with with this podcast. Yeah. And, you know, we if you remember, you, you came to visit us in New Hampshire when we lived there. And yeah. around that time, I was really suffering from something. And we had a conversation and I asked you how, like, I'm really interested in getting out of this, whether yeah. this be a financial situation, yeah. uh, my mental situation, what, you know, mindset. And we just had a long conversation about where you came from and you, you gave me a bunch of book ideas, yeah. podcasts, audio books, all that stuff. And it really, it really opened my eyes and yeah. it's just grown exponentially from there over the last few years. So yeah, um, no, yeah, no, but like, thank you. Um, but yeah, so I want to say something, you know, I just want to say, you know, having, having gratitude in your life is, is big because you get to just basically say thank you for ev everything someone else has done for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, just, just the, the whole journey, um, you know, is based on going out and being, you know, pushing that needle just one step at mm. a time and, and doing one thing at a time. It's just, it's just definitely a Stephen Covey thing. Sharpen the saw. Yeah. What is it? Number seven? It's, yeah, it's it's number right. seven. Yeah. So, and, and it's, it's like, you know, you, you have to, you have to keep improving yourself day by day in yeah. order to move you know, 
you know exponentially to the next big step but yeah. it doesn't it's not a one-time thing it's exactly you know it's day by day minute by minute little piece by little piece exactly no, i couldn't have said it better myself Simon. i think it's a fantastic point that you make um you know and the, the great thing the encouraging thing is is that you know if you are doing little by little day by day not even every day but, but as often as you feel comfortable and able then each of that is progress you know it's, it's a little step of progress and by focusing on that which is achievable those small steps they all add up um and really help you move a long way and so yeah thank you and just to your point about gratitude um, one of the fantastic things about that if you are practicing gratitude for those of you listening if you don't have a daily habit or practice of gratitude it's a great thing for those of you that are religious you might pray or you might be buddhist you might chant or you know whatever it is you do you might write down a gratitude journal um i think simply it's just the power of just shifting your focus for a temporary little bit of time on a regular and routine basis it's just a little spark of a reminder of the good things in your life and then it just creates balance because not every day is good you know so on a day when it's good it's a little bit better on a day when it's not so good it's a little bit better so it just kind of helps keep that balance and keep you in clarity about the fact that there is goodness in your life and things to be grateful for like clean water a warm house you know um, whatever it is, food, you know, which, which we often take for granted. So it's a great point. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so there is something that I wanted to add, which is about, um, you, you know, you talked about um, when, we were, when we were saying like suffering and pain and so on. And one of the things that you said is I didn't have the same experience as you. And, you know, many people would, would agree with that. And there may be some listeners listening right now who've experienced the death of a loved one uh, close by maybe even very recently um, and there may be some that haven't and then but there may be some that are thinking also I've never experienced that so why do I feel like this anyway you know and and the one thing that I would say is that pain is just pain suffering is just suffering and so I want to just uh, perhaps give a word of caution to our listeners to just to be aware that pain is pain and suffering is suffering for whoever it is. And I'll give an example. It's a kind of an intentionally silly example um, in order to kind of illustrate this. Um, when I say silly, I don't mean silly ha-ha, just kind of, you know, light-hearted silly, you know. So, you know, for example, I, you know, my experience that I shared earlier about, you know, losing my home, losing my stuff, losing my mum, having a challenge in our family, trying to bring it all together, you know, that was a really big, tough challenges not everybody can relate to that um, however even if you take an example of you know somebody the other you know the other side of the world they're, they're in a completely different you know uh, environment they've grown up knowing only what they know and let's this is the silly example I'll give let's say they're super wealthy and they've got like you know so many hundreds of pairs of shoes, you know, let's take a, let's make this a woman, for example, it make, goes nicely with the example of having lots of shoes, I'm sure there are men with lots of shoes, but let's just say it's a woman, let's say she's got loads of pairs, hundreds of pairs of shoes, really wealthy, you know, and one day she goes out to, you know, it's a young woman, you know, maybe in her late teens, early teens, she goes out to a party, and she's wearing a beautiful pair of shoes, very expensive, and she goes there, and she's at this party, and then she notices that somebody else has exactly the same pair of shoes as her, and someone makes a comment about it. And, you know, she, she goes home feeling terrible and, and, and crying her heart out. Now, the thing is, I give that as a silly example because very few people that listen 
would probably relate to that and feel that sorry for that person. It's like, come on, she's like, you know, let's say an heiress to a multi, multi millionaire, you know, parents, and she's doing pretty well for herself, and she's crying about, you know, someone wearing the same pair of shoes at the party. The point I have to make here is, is, is that while we're all responsible for the way that we see the world and our life and all of that. Here's the thing is, at that point, based on what her personal development level and experience is at that stage, if she's crying and feeling pain, that's still pain and, and, and emotion. It might be that she's got some tools that she has yet to learn that would prevent her from experiencing that the next time around. And maybe had she learned earlier on in life some other lessons, she might have not had to deal with that in that way. Or she might not have even felt the pain. What I'm trying to say is that for every human being that is out there that has their own experience, then that person that is out there, whether they've got a problem with having the same pair of shoes or whether they've lost their mum in a house fire, it's all pain. And every human being knows that. And the point here is, is to make sure that we don't compare ourselves to others and wonder why, if we're a depressed person today, why we feel depressed you know, when we have it so well compared to other people. The reason I share this is because a lot of the time, this is not a hard and fast thing, a lot of the time depression is a first world problem. Quite often in the other countries that are developing, there just simply isn't the time and space for depression because you've just got to make life work. You just focus on survival. And the reason often we get depressed in the first world out here in Western countries is often because we have this situation where we've got choice. How do we contribute to the world? What is it? How... When is the meaning of our life? What does it amount to? You know, and if we don't have a job, for example, that we feel is giving us a meaningful contribution to the world, we don't even have a job, we don't have one that we like, it kind of isn't something that puts our natural talents or abilities to the test. You know, we don't feel like we're on an adventure of life. We might feel depressed, and that's okay. It doesn't make you a kind of a, you know, a, a terrible person. And the trouble is with people who haven't experienced depression, is that they will often say, I'll just suck it up and get on with it, because I don't really understand. And then oh, the last example I'll give is, you know, let's go now to Morocco or something, you know, uh, Africa, you know, northern tip of Africa, and there's some, you know, guy in the desert, young lad, you know, and all he's got is, you know, his, his uh, in the mountains with his animals and all of that. He's got very, very little, and, you know, he's just looking after his sheep, and one day, one of his sheep gets attacked by some creature. I don't know if they have wolves out there or whatever. I'm just kind of making the story up here. But the idea is, is that guy might have lost, you know, one of his, his animals. It might be one twentieth of his flock, and that's quite a big deal. That's like 5% of his net worth. You know, that's a big deal to him. Or it might be that it's his master's if he's looking after it for an employer, you know, and he might get in trouble for that. The point is, is that that person right there might look to us and think that what we're going through and what I went through, it's like no big deal, Alan. You lived in a country where you got put up by friends. You had still hot running water wherever you went anyway. Even when you were put up in a hotel and had to live in the same room and eat the same food every day, well, the government paid for it for you. You didn't get into debt over that expense. Yes, you had to go through bags of black bin bags of clothing, but that you had clothing. You had an abundance of clothing several black bin bags of clothing to choose the ones that and, and you picked ones that fit you for goodness sake you know and other people are getting hand-me-downs that don't fit them and all of this stuff so my point is is that we've all got different experiences to call upon and so all I would say is to your point where you said you know Alan I didn't have your experience no doubt 
and you can comment if you want something. No doubt your pain that you experienced was, in your own barometer, painful. I don't know if it was a level 10 or 5 or whatever for you. Maybe you don't even know what level 20 is. Maybe you don't even know what level 5 is. I don't know. But the point is, is it was painful for you, and that's enough that we need to know. And so for listeners listening right now, if they think, well, I didn't have Simon's problem, I didn't have Alan's problem, if you feel any pain or frustration or even you're doing very well but you've got some frustrations going on with your business or your band or whatever, then that's all part of, part of uh, you know, life and you don't need to compare yourself uh, to make yourself worse or better. Would you, what do you think uh, about that? Absolutely. It's all, it's all relative. It is. So, yeah. I mean, thank, thank you for putting that in perspective too. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, that brings up another point is yeah. empathy. Yes. Um, you know, I, I feel that through my experience, I've developed a massive amount of empathy for other people. Mm. Um, you know, and you, you never know what that little, little bit of, um, holding the door open for somebody if, or not holding the door open for somebody can, can lead to, it's like the butterfly effect. They could be having a really bad day. And that's just that one thing that like puts the last nail in the coffin, so to speak. So I'm, I'm always kind of thinking like, how if I can't benefit someone, how do I go through life by at least not making someone else's life, anyone else's life, you know, worse off in even a little bit? Like sure. at least I can stay at ground zero or make someone's life better. Yeah, I mean that's a great point. Bring up a really good point, actually, Simon. And what I will say to that point is that you know acts of kindness out of your uh, bounty, and what I mean by that is not out of your reserve tank. But when you've got, you know, mom used to say, give out of the overflow of your cup. I think that's a biblical expression, right? But, you know, give out of the overflow. So if you want to make someone else's day better and you've got the reserves that day to be kind to that stranger, or actually it's often a lot harder to be kind to someone close to you when you're feeling frustrated, wound up or whatever. So however that kindness looks, you know, charity begins at home. As I said, it could be a small act of kindness in your home. It could be an act of kindness to a stranger. That's great and and very you know a very admirable thing to do and you're right sometimes you'll never know you know i didn't know what that conversation that we had would lead to i didn't know it would lead right. to being here on a podcast and you know you moving so far and so fast with what you know what we, we were discussing i mean that was never i wasn't surprised that you did it but i wasn't you know well i suppose actually i was surprised in a way because i wasn't expecting it is my point and what i'm saying i wasn't surprised it wasn't like oh my god simon's you know it wasn't like i specifically wasn't expecting it but I didn't know what I wasn't thinking about it I think that's the long and short of it so you're right you never know what a small act of holding the door open or, or kindness can do and um you know and then on the other point though I will just caution another word of caution which is that sometimes with I think that we can do our best to not be explicitly unkind to others I think that's really important but there's a distinction to be made. You know, that's that old saying, you can't please all the people all the time. And what I will say to that point is that sometimes if somebody else gets upset, sometimes it's not us. We were just the trigger. We might remind them of someone. It could be that, you know, I walk down the road, bump into somebody, they look back at me and I look like, let's say it's a woman, I look like an ex-boyfriend that was unkind to her like 10 years ago and now she's in a bad mood. But... And she reacts badly to me. And, and I think that I was, you know, I did, I did something to her. But actually, it's just all I did was I was in the place at the time in the right environment to be a trigger accidentally 
for this person to have a bad experience. It could be that I cut someone up on the road. I didn't do it to be unkind. I did it because I just had a momentary lapse of uh, concentration. And that person is already upset because of X, Y, Z, and now that's the last straw, and they're absolutely fuming. So I'm going to let go of those things quite quickly when they happen, because that's a really important part, especially for people with good intentions who don't want to hurt others. Um, It's really important to not be too attached to if people get upset with us anyway. But I think it's important, you're right, absolutely, to do our best not to intentionally, you know, go out and make other people's lives worse. worse. And I think it's a great, um, you know, sense of responsibility to try and take that approach. So I hope that was was interesting. Oh, yeah, I mean that—that's that, that uh, the whole thing. Letting things go. I mean that's that speaks of projection. Yeah. You know, you don't want to project your own negativity onto other what other people are speaking or acting towards you. Yeah. But I think it's really important to uh, to try and, as you said, let it all go right there because you can also then affect somebody else down the road because you're already, you know, in a negative state and you're already pissed off. And then you can affect the next person who's then going to be projecting their negativity yes. on what you're saying to them, even though it's not their fault. So yeah. it's it's kind of a chain reaction. You know, if you can be that kind of dead end stop for, for as much negativity as possible, that's always a positive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just wanted to make it, you know, make it clear, as I said, that it's, you know, that's not something people should take on as a responsibility. To no. Make sure. But... If you've got the reserve and you notice it and you're willing and able, then that's a wonderful thing to do. But but clearly the the key thing that I learned from Stephen Covey was about the the circle of um, influence. And what he talked about was he talked about um, you know the circle of concern and the circle of influence, and one is a circle inside another. And you know, for those that you know that are watching this for some video, I appreciate it's maybe an audio, so I won't make this a big deal. I'm just going to essentially draw one circle uh, inside another. So for those of you who are listening on audio only, um, just imagine two circles of one inside another. And I've drawn a small green circle inside, and inside that is what uh, Covey calls your circle of influence. And the larger outside circle is what he calls the circle of concern. And the circle of concern is bigger. And it contains, inside that circle, everything that we care about in any way, shape, or form. And inside that circle of concern is also things that are we care about, but that we can do something about. That's our circle of influence. Now, outside the green circle, there's still stuff in that circle, the red circle there, that we can't do anything about, but we might care about. We can't directly affect, you know, it might be, and this is where I bring to that point of like somebody else's happiness, we can only to a certain extent is that within our circle of influence in terms of acts of kindness and not being explicitly unkind or if we are making it, clearing up the mess and apologizing as soon as we're able, if we're you know willing and able. But in the circle of concern, we've got to accept sometimes there's stuff out there that we just can't control. And what Covey talked about is focusing on the inside circle, a circle of influence, and saying what I'm going to do is focus on what I can do in the world, rather than what I care, you know, rather than only what I care about, whether or not I can do something about it or not. And so, in this sense, you know, um, I think it was Gandhi who said, "Be the change you want to be see in the world. Be the change you want to see in the world." And so, to that point, I think that the greatest power 
that we have to make the world a better place is to start by making ourselves a better place, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, and, you know, that's, that's a fantastic place to be, you know, growing yourself, seeking growth, you know, if we're doing that as best as we can, then, you know, we're doing our bit and, um, you know, we'll get it wrong sometimes and that's part of it, right? Absolutely. I mean, uh, at the very base of it, I think, you know, just be mindful. Yes, that's a fantastic way of putting it. Just being mindful. That's going to help a lot. And for those that don't know what this means, and I am a self-confessed person who did not know really what this meant for a number of years. That's why I'm saying this, not treating you guys like idiots. I really did not know what this was. Mindfulness, you know, being mindful, for me, I've learned it to mean that it's really just being aware of what's going on and kind of essentially noticing and and observing consciously what's going on in your life and in your brain and and paying attention to those thoughts as an observer. Um, that for me has been really powerful in terms of my personal development journey. Well, that was a really great conversation. Um, really um, thankful that you took the time to uh, to join us today. Um, hopefully, we'll get to do it, a, you know, really soon. Where can people find you if they want to find out more about you, your businesses, and anything that you offer? Thanks, Simon. Yeah, I mean, if people want to get in touch or you know, see a little bit about me, then I've got my website, alanphill.com. Alan, A-L-A-N, P for Patrick, and then Hill, H-I-L-L, alanphill.com. You can just search me there. It's probably the easiest thing. Um, otherwise, you can look me up on Facebook. I, I've got a public uh, profile, so you don't even need to be a friend if you want to you know, see what I've been up to. Um, but, yeah, thanks for having me on here, Simon, today. And um, I just wanted to say, actually, on that note about getting in touch is, yeah, I'd be really interested to hear if anybody listening found anything in today's conversation useful, uh, stimulating, interesting, or anything else. Um, even if it wasn't or you disagreed strongly, that's okay too. I think I want to encourage people to see what we discuss on these conversations as the place to stimulate thought, not necessarily to agree with us. So if you agree, that's great. If you disagree, that's really great too. The idea is that we're causing an opportunity for you to think for yourself and to decide for yourself you know i'm not looking for more i'm not looking for followers and agree and people to agree with me what i am interested in is having people like yourself simon who are open-minded enough to start asking questions and learning even if they end up completely disagreeing with thoughts that we have that's fantastic you know provided they've come to their own conclusions and figured it out and they're following their own truth so to that point I'd love to ask you something. Is, is there a way that people can connect with, with you about this podcast? Is there a comment section that people can? I'd love, I'd love to hear what people think about things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, musiconyourownterms.com is the website. Yeah. Facebook.com forward slash musiconyourownterms is where people can interact. Right. Um, so, yeah, and any just reach out and, yeah. and give people, uh, you know, if you, if, if you definitely help, if this helps. Or if this, yeah. yeah, as you said, great start for a talking point and then yes. we can have more discussions. I'd just love to hear, basically, if this has been of any use to you, please let us know. And also, if there's something that you think you want to hear more about or ask us to go into more depth in, um, let us know. You know, ultimately, we're doing this because we enjoy it and we have fun together, right, Simon? Um, we have great time, fun. At the same time, we're also looking at doing it in such a way that's useful for other people. Um, you know, the more people this benefits, the better, right? Absolutely. Fantastic. So, 
Um, the one last thing is I like to play a bit of music on the end of the podcast. Oh, and I guess, yeah. you know, given what I'm wearing as a T-shirt, I think you know what's coming. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> what track would you like me to play from our famed band Euphoria? Oh, yeah. So uh, for context, as you're listening, we're 15 years old, having a lot of fun, playing some music, very much slubby success. Um, and uh, my, the favourite song, I think, for me is going to be the Arctic Chicken, Henrietta the Arctic Chicken. Henrietta the Arctic Chicken it is, with your stellar vocals. Yeah, exactly, with my flat singing voice. Um, but you know what, we were 15, we didn't care. Um, it was a bit punk, pretty punk of us to do that. Because yep. um, I knew that I couldn't sing, I knew I was flat, um, and I was just doing it for fun, and we had a great, great barrel last of it, didn't we? Yep, great, great memories, great memories. So, all right. Thanks, Ellen. Uh yeah, be excellent to each other. Until next time, I love it. Until next time, have a great one. All right, take care, mate. You too. Thanks again for joining us. As we said in the episode, definitely reach out, tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. Let's start a conversation about anything we talked about and anything else that's related. Time permitting, I'm hoping to have Alan back on a semi-regular basis to talk about similar mindset concepts and hopefully get some of the audience involved and tell us what you want to talk about. As always, go to musiconyourownterms.com to check out the show notes, join the mailing list, and go to facebook.com forward slash musiconyourownterms and start the conversation about whatever you've heard. I hope your ears don't bleed too much when listening to our first forays into punk or grunge music back in I won't say the year but this is us in high school playing the classic that should have been a hit Henrietta the Arctic Chicken Okay, how about me if I sing first? That nice, that's safe. Okay, yeah, okay, like
That's just how many. Crap! <laughs> Newsflash. Double bases are dangerous. Yeah! <laughs>